0: one week to go we are round and third we're heading for home. We're brown-eyed handsome men and this is the low post podcast I'm Dan regiro. I am joined by P j Thomas. We got a lot of action to get into so I just want to see Pete how are you feeling before we begin
1: as you can see, I'm in my zone after locking up the one seed you know I had a big hand in that um, you know they they say I'm the sleeper on the bench so You never know, but uh, feeling good. ye's boys are right at the top where we should be, where we belong. And I think uh, it's what's the Thanos quote in uh, the Avengers? Everything's balanced. Something like that.
0: Perfectly balanced as all things should be.
1: That's how it feels. So I'm feeling good. All
0: right. Indeed it is. And it's going to be a great cap off to the season, but we'll get to that later. As far as week seven action goes, I want to start with uh, the double header on the night. Uh, Ozone and the 18ers had, both had a game to make up, so they played at 7 o'clock, took an hour off, and they played each other at 9 o'clock. And it was a pretty interesting storyline, if you ask me. I think we were saying last week, best-case scenario for Ozone was they end the week at 3 and 4. They go 2 and 0 on the night, but we didn't think that was going to happen because they were going against Lob. And it did happen. So let's talk about the first game. We had ozone taking down lob in a very low scoring affair for both games. Final score was 54 to 48 in ozone's favor. It was Paul McGuire leading the way for ozone, Cody and Colin putting up all the work for lob. So PJ, what do you have to say to start it off?
1: Well, I think you can take a little bit of a look at the roster situation as we've come to talk about more when we said, uh, the werewolves had the attendance problem. Now it was kind of shifting to lob having, having the attendance problem, right? Um, Rumbling is that Jose Mercado is not returning the season, uh, but they also said that about Vic and then Vic came back for a week. So who knows? Doesn't really matter. A win is a win. And I'm sure the ozone boys will take it any way that they can. Um, And, you know, I think without their, two primary facilitators it's it's been difficult for them without Vic and without Jose Um, they need to find a guy that can really facilitate the offense Um, you know looking through Cody Crawford or Colin Burns is is sufficient for now I don't know if that that's long lasting Um, you can see in the assist numbers nobody with more than two assists throughout the night um, that's not going to cut it you need a facilitator out there you need a guy that can give you at least five assists a game or more um, and they just don't really necessarily have that I mean you have uh, Luke Hogan getting three assists the assist numbers are the same which I'm a little bit surprised about because Ozone does a good job moving the ball but you know I think Ozone is all facilitators and Lobb uh, they're lacking that facilitator right now so that's the difference but you know, credit where credit's due. Ozone got the win. They don't care who shows up. They can only play the guys that are in front of them. And they did what they needed to do on the night in order to uh, you know, move up in the in the standings.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something thinking about it. Um, if you don't have someone like Vic showing up, because we knew that his attendance was spotty for a few weeks and everyone was like, Where's he been? You could have still won because you had guys like Cody and Colin kind of playing the the secondary roles and Jose was kind of the main guy, but now if the, the milling, the rumor mill is true and Jose is now nowhere to be found for the rest of the year. And you're kind of relying on Cody and Colin to be the main options. Again, I'm not, I don't want to say that Cody's over the hill because he still puts out great games here and there. He still hits a lot of shots here and there. He's still a great guy to have on your team. But I think that the days of him putting up like, 30 points or even 45 on his best nights are kind of behind him. He's still, he's going to be in that like 15 to 25 range now. So it's just a matter of they kind of got beat at their own game. It seems it was like a defensive battle, but where they like where their strength is Ozone kind of overtook them at some points.
1: Well, we've also always referred to Ozone as Lob Jr. That's been the name that we kind of gave them. Um, you know, for a while now. So I'm not surprised they were able to do that. Um, but to touch on the Cody Crawford bit, you know, I would, I would agree that he's not over the hill, but, you know, to quote Kate Bush, her song is getting popular. He's definitely running up the hill for sure. Um, he's getting there, but, you know, he's still a good guy to have in your team. I just don't know if he's your number one option to win a championship. Um, you know, I and, and look, Lobb has won every championship in this league, except for one. Um, we all know who won that year, but um, you know, I, I mean, I just don't know if he's the number one option on a championship caliber team. Um, definitely can't count them out ever, no matter who the hell shows up for him. So, um, sucks that they lost. And now their floor is actually being fallen all the way to the five seed. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, you know, I don't think lob's ever been lower than a two seed ever, um, ending the regular season. So the only time that they were ever a two seed was last year when we were the one. Uh, Cause we had an undefeated season last year. So
0: actually, no, they were the two um, summer 19. Cause boom was the number one. Seed oh, here. that's boom right. Shaka right. had Jose. But
1: my point still holds true. They've never been lower than a two seed. I don't believe so.
0: I, um, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. So the, looking at that staring down potentially being a five seed for them. Um, I don't want to see them as the five seed for sure. Uh, but you know, I'm sure that's not where they want to be either. They don't want to have to face one of the top teams in the first two
0: rounds, you know? So um, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And then moving on to the second half of the game ones, the seven o'clock matchups, the warriors taking down the 18ers. I feel, I feel really bad for the 18ers because it feels like they're so close to put in the pieces together against some of these teams. They had two really, really good games. And I think, the second game of the night for them this week, they didn't really fall apart. It just came down to, uh, you know, some tough luck at the end. But this first game, I feel really bad because they fell apart in the fourth quarter and they didn't have any subs this game. So this first game, the Warriors bounce back after a, a bogey kick scare in week six and they win by 20 fueled by a, a huge 24 point uh win in the fourth quarter. They win 98 to 78. And if you look at the box score, Gian and Charles could have just showed up just the two of them and they would have won.
1: Yeah. Which is crazy. I think Gian put up another 50 ball, right? That was uh... yeah.
0: Yeah. 52. And it was a lot more efficient uh, than last week's 50 ball. Yeah.
1: He's ridiculous. Um, We keep saying that he can't do it alone, but uh, I mean, we're getting proved wrong and wrong again and again. So um he can do it on his own him and him and Charles can do it so I'm not going to even say that they can't no more because I mean yeah
0: we were saying the one thing they needed uh outside of Gian was for Charles to show up and be game ready and he was game ready I tell you I mean just look at the production you're getting out of the two of them
1: you know I'll say it again Charles Correa for those of you who don't know player of the decade over David Duke so that's no joke kid can ball when he's game ready. When he's uh, in the right headspace to play some basketball, he's uh, he's a monster. So, um, I mean, we've seen this before. We've seen, you know, Brian Heston and Dave Campbell do the same thing. We've seen Johnny Kutu and and Vinny do the same thing, you know. So, you can do it with two guys. Um, clearly, they can. And especially when you have a kid that's the talent of Gian. I mean, what, what do you say? Uh, you can do it. So, um, they're going to be fine the rest of the way. Scary team for anyone they got to face in the playoffs. Um, Mike Hamilton dropping 31 points and Stephen Ritchie with 22. Jason Madwood, is that how you say his name?
0: Yeah, Jason. That's a guy that I wish he showed up more for them because maybe they might win their game against only the fam. And then maybe if they find, I think there were a couple other close matchups they had this year, but he's one of those guys that his attendance has been kind of spotty and you kind of wish that, He had shown up more, and I think we were saying last week the three-point performance they had in their last game, their last loss, was pitiful, and it was a lot better. I mean, with the exception of Ethan Cloutier, however we're pronouncing it, he was 0 for 10. Yeah, we're going to get into him a little bit because it was kind of a tale of two games for him, but, I mean, they made an improvement, from three but I think some of their uh, some of their guys like Brendan Reddington who's another one of their their top scorers he wasn't there for this first game either
1: so I think Lincoln has shown flashes of you know of being capable of winning games Um, you're right I do kind of feel bad I think they're just kind of caught in the crossfire here of playing some good teams to know what they're doing and I think they're going to be fine they're going to have a tough first round matchup um, actually the way that it's set right now, they're there, them, or only the fam is playing against us in you know, in their second game. So, um, you know, they, they had a good game against us and, um, you know, if they make it to that, that part of the uh, playoffs, you know, we look forward to playing them again. So,
0: yeah, Joey has alluded to it. Um, and we're going to cover it a little bit later, but I think the first, now one seed has been locked up and then that eight, nine, 10 has also been locked up. That right. That middle pack is where it's still a little wonky. But we'll talk about that later. And then capping off the doubleheader in the 9 o'clock, the West Coast primetime. Well, maybe a little bit earlier than the West Coast primetime.
1: The nightcap game.
0: Yeah. It was the Lincoln 18ers and the Ozone Boys. And this one went down to the wire. It was final score 72 to 69. I'm going to pull up the box score right here because I was just mentioning how it was a tale of two games for the clout man. Just take a look at this. You go from six points, zero for ten from three in the first game, and then you're the leading score. You're dropping thirty in the next game. I mean,
1: uh, I mean it happens. Yeah, they uh, did yeah. get a
0: sub for this game. Ryan Musket did show up for this one.
1: Yeah, so they got uh, they got Ryan Musket back for this game, and but the Ozone Boys got Andrew Kavang back for this game too. So. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, because he wasn't
0: in the uh the lob game, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: so I think the clout man showed up for game two. He just probably needed to take the the lid off the bucket in the first game, and uh, you know, it was very efficient, sixty six percent shooting from three, sixty eight on the night, and he was uh, sixes across the board actually, if you if you look at it. So, um, no, he played yeah. well, and I I think it's unfortunate that they took the loss here, but good for ozone. So we knew that game was going to be kind of a little bit of a closer game. Uh, but you know, credit to them. They kept it close. They kept it interesting and you know, we'll see what they do from here in the playoffs.
0: Mm. All right. We're going to move on to,
1: they better get used to playing two games in the night though. Cause that's gonna,
0: yeah, I know be that those, uh, two of those four teams at the bottom end of the playoff seating, they're going to have to play two games. So, all right, I'm going to move on to kind of a, one of the, the constant bloodbath that is, uh, happening in legacy leagues, basketball. That's only the fam. Um, I was telling PJ before we started this podcast, there have been seven regular season weeks and only the fam has given up the week high in points in five of them. And they've done it again. Sin City takes them down 102 to 63. Devin Devon Pina, as always leading the way for Sin City, it's 37 points, 25 rebounds, 10 assists, three blocks, two steals, Taj Addington also dropping over 30 points. He had 31. Um, Pete, I want to know what you have to say. Well, you're a pretty big
1: fan of Devin Devon Pina. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's their guy and as long as they can run through him, they're going to be fine. Um, you know, Sin City is going to have a chance here to, to move up in the, in the standings with a lob loss and a few other teams losses, but You know, I think they're probably a middle of the pack team, but, you know, if things get a little bit wonky, we can see them kind of move around after this week. But, you know, whoever they play week one is going to have a tough matchup, you know, week one of the playoffs. So um, it's not going to they're not going to be an easy out. We know what they can give everybody on a good night and, uh, you know, we'll see how they do from there. But, you know, um, they got our boy Jerry back. Jerry's balling for him. We love Jerry. Um, you know, and I think they're going to do some good things from here on out. Uh, definitely a good team, uh, you know, especially with a lot of having a lot of new guys to the league, like a lot of guys who are relatively new to the league. So they're adjusting well and they're doing a good job. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to
0: see how they do. And then you look at only the fam. What I wonder is do they Jaron Thomas has, well, do they care? But Jaron Thomas has kind of slumped these last few weeks after having a really great, first couple weeks for his first couple weeks playing in the legacy leagues. And then it seems like he's kind of come to a a standstill. He's playing like a a tier below. We'll see that. I mean, we got sin city stats right here, but look at this. I mean, shout out to
1: Garen Megadigian eight points. That's our boy.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Garen Megadigian eight points off the bench. Cranston guy through and through went to elementary school with him. Greatest kid on the planet.
1: We love Garen at the D.A. boys. Mm -hmm. So,
0: but I mean, you wonder what only the fam would be doing if they weren't just chucking up threes and not getting back on defense because granted they shoot the ball a lot, but that's because they give up so many points that they get a lot of possessions coming back the other way.
1: Yep. No, I mean, uh, we talked about that and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the statistics part of it a little bit later, but you know, they, they, their, their weakness is defense, you know, um, they don't have the greatest def- defensive efficiency rating. If I had to take a wild guess, um, it just seems like they're giving up. Look, you said they gave up the week high in five of the seven weeks. Well, they've won two games. So I can tell you which two weeks it wasn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first two weeks of the season. It and, was, uh, and you know,
0: who gave up the league high, those two weeks.
1: The bogey kicks.
0: No, no the Rhode Island warriors who um, only the fan faces in week eight.
1: Wow. So you know it should be interesting. I don't see them beating the Warriors in Week Eight. I think the Warriors are too good, um, but you know I, I, they they have some pieces that they can definitely build up Look, they're not the Basket Hounds of old um, for sure, but you know they got to improve defensively. You can't win game. Defense wins championships, and and you know that's something my dad's always said. It's a very cliche old headline, but it's true. You know, I mean, you can't if you put up a hundred points and the other teams putting up 101, you're going to lose, you know, like, so as, as obvious as a statement that is, you just can't let teams put up triple digits on you. So I don't know. It's they baffle me sometimes. And then you see flashes and you're like, Oh, you know, are they going to turn around? But you know, until they start playing defense, I just don't know what the outlook is for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. We were saying they get the warriors and then, I think, yeah, their playoff matchup will be locked up, and they get the 18ers, and that's another one where you're like, I mean, they won the first time they met, but it could go the other way this time. Let me
1: tell you something. If they don't play defense against the 18ers and squeak out a win, they better play defense in their second game because if a team doesn't want to play defense against us, we'll have a, we'll have a fun time. It'll be a blast.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with the theme of the Dewey's boys, I want to cover this game now. I will, I will give Joey his due diligence and put the game of the week last. We'll spend some time on that, but the Dewey's boys take down the bogey kicks. They clinched the one seed and we had alluded to it. You didn't even need to beat the bogey kicks to get the one seed because of the Lob City loss at seven o'clock. But regardless, Dewey's boys are seven and oh, bogey kicks are now oh and seven. We set the 25 point spread. And Shane had said in his interview that big spreads like that are very tricky. And I wonder if it was kind of a, a case of like over underestimating the opponent and kind of just getting a little lazy lackadaisical out there. Cause it ends up being a seven point win. Yeah. I mean, it was going 71 to 64.
1: I think, you know, not Devin Devon Pina, but David Dupina um, is much better than we thought he was going to be. Um, I know there was a lot of sh- crap talk that happened in this game
0: you, but, you can you can say shit talking it's okay
1: um well i i know joey likes to keep it pg but you know we i can, mean we can keep it like pg-13 so putting all the shit talk aside um you know to give people credit where they deserve it you know david depina can score it's really good um, i mean he's he's was arguably one of the best players on the court but you know two nights ago so um i i would never take that away from him i think he's a talent uh for sure but again i mean they had uh, Mike Evans, I believe, is their other guy that scored a lot of points. And, you know, he can shoot the ball pretty well. He's, he's not too bad out there. He's a big dude, but he actually facilitates the offense pretty decently for them and is able to get his guys open. I think it might have just been, you know, with all the shit talk going on that we were a little bit more focused on that and kind of proving a point. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just all it's just all ball talk. As I've said a million times when teams get frustrated with us, it doesn't really mean much at the end of the day um you know and it's it's unfortunate that you know teams do get upset with that but you know we're all good guys everyone cares about each other and ask the werewolves because there's nobody that's taken more of a beating from us than them and and we're pretty cool with them and it's going to be a fine game next week they'll probably won't be much crap talk at all um you know and it's just a respect thing and um i think they're 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 kind of learning the league there. If they decide to come back next year, they'll they might have they'll probably have a good chance to get a win, but I definitely don't see it next week against Ozone, and I probably don't see it in the first round of the playoffs either. Um, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate because they do have some pieces, but, you know, I think uh, we all kind of figured that it was going to end up this way with them being probably 0-8 as an outlook and then, you know, bumping out first round of the playoffs. Uh,
0: yeah, I will say, with Mike Evans, you had put the stream up and looking at the numbers, he was five for 15 from three, but I don't know. I think you had mentioned this, like when they, when the Duye's boys played the halfway crooks and you said that Jared Hanson only hit like three threes, but it felt like he had nine of them. Yeah. Excuse me. It felt like Mike Evans, like shot the lights out of the gym. It felt like every shot he put up went in and looking at the numbers. I'm like, really? It was only five for 15. That's crazy.
1: But, um, yeah, I mean, he's pretty good. He's, he's, he's very light on his feet for being a big dude, uh, moves with the ball. Well, so I agree. It felt like he hit like 10 threes. Um, he was hitting some big ones, some clutch ones and, um, you know, other guys out there were hitting some shots. So, and then when you have a guy like uh, David DePina down low, getting the offensive boards and putting them right back up, it's tough. He's an athlete. I mean, it's not easy to guard a guy like that. Not that I would ever be matched up with a guy like that, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm if Johnny and Vinny had a tough time guarding them, then he's a good athlete, you know? So those are two of the best defenders in the league, in my opinion, even though we couldn't vote for him on our all-star ballots. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, he, he's clearly a talent. If he's able to, to score on those guys and, you know, they have some pieces, they just got to build around it. I think a team chemistry thing is something for them to work on for next season, but you know, that's not my place to say anything, but you know, I, I think they definitely have spots to improve and we'll see what they do for next year.
0: Mm. but I think so, that's yeah, where the outlook just, has to be the outlook has to be for next year at this point yeah, at, at this point and I mean who even who knows if what they're going to do next year I mean we had teams like the pizza rolls that come through and they don't win a game in a season and you know they're too shell shocked and they don't come back so I mean we'll, right. we'll see what happens but there, will be a team than,
1: there will be a team worse than them next year I promise
0: <laughs> oh you think there's always one what do you think, David DePina is going to go elsewhere and just leave the, the remainder of the bogey kicks? He'll take uh, Jose's spot. Oh, yeah, I think that's that's the most likely destination, if you ask me. Moving on to our game of the week. Um, as far as the spreads that we set last week, I think that this has to be the best one we set, which, for context, we went three and three on the spreads, I think. The Ozone Boys, the Douye's Boys, and the Ozone Boys were the three that did not cover. Everything else did. This one, I think we gave the best insight to. Werewolves, halfway crooks, storied matchup. It's a tough defensive match, but the Werewolves squeak it out 68-62. to 62. Brian does not have a fantastic game. He only has 10 points, which is very un-Brian of him. But he that doesn't matter because he has what has kind of become the unicorn of legacy leagues showed up Sam Clifford. He's only been there for three games, but in the three games that he has showed up, he has, I don't know if stunned is the right word, but I think he's been the leading scorer in all three games that he's shown up. So he essentially puts the team on his back. Cause Brian was like having an off night, I guess probably carries the werewolves. Yeah carries the werewolves to the six point win so
1: you know when the big red dog decides to show his teeth it's uh it's tough for any team to overcome that but um you know i I think he's a pretty good player clearly the interns think that you know the douye's boys are unable to handle the werewolves at all so we'll get to that a little bit later i'm a little bit yeah we'll, we'll, we'll cover that um but uh you know he's a good player i don't really know him too well I know what Brian Heston can do, so that's the guy I'm focusing on. And if I'm the halfway crooks, I'm living with anybody but Brian Heston beating us, even if it's Sam Clifford. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't care who it is. You're not letting – you can't let Brian Heston beat you, and he didn't. And so at the end of the day – You let Sam Clifford beat you. At the end of the day, you pat yourselves on the back and say, Sam Clifford beat us.
0: Yeah, and then um, touching on the points that I had made on the podcast last week and then some of the things that Joey said this week, Jared Hansen notches his 1,000th career point in this game. Brian Heston notches his 1,500th career point. Gino is still, I believe, 11 points shy of the 1,000. So it looks like he'll get that week eight, I'd imagine. But nice little bounce-back game for Jeff Winchell as well. He, he kind of laid an egg in their game against Lob City. And he puts up a double, double three blocks. Nice.
1: Yeah, no, I think halfway's uh they're struggling to get some wins, but it's not like they're falling off completely. It's not, I don't think they're trending downward as the interns wanted to say, they're just running into some tough teams here. Um, you know, they had an easier schedule to start and now they have a tougher schedule. That's just kind of how it shakes out. We uh, figured they'd probably be a relatively middle of the pack team. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, and that's where they, they ended up. So they're fighting for, to stay in that seven spot. Potentially, I think the five is their ceiling, but who knows? I think they're a good team. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I know I keep saying that, but that whole middle of the pack is like all the same team to me in my head. So, um, you know, rel- they're all relatively pretty equally matched, and, you know, we'll see how it shakes out after this week.
0: All right, that was a relatively loaded week seven. That was six games on the slate, and it feels like we got through those fairly quickly. But we're going to take a look at week eight now. Um, we'll start with 7 p.m. It is the Ozone Boys against the Bogey Kicks. Ozone Boys. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot on the line here. For Ozone Boys, it's can you get to 500. And for the Bogey Kicks, it's can you lose eight straight games. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh,
1: yeah. I, uh, do we have to really say why we think the Ozone Boys are going to win this one? or? I, it I have- think
0: it goes without saying, I think the last couple of weeks we've done these forecasts, It is we spend very minimal time on the bogey kicks games. We literally just go, other team, and we move right on. But
1: yeah, no, I mean, uh, there I'm going to set it at uh, 10 and a half. Hey, because I, gotta, we- I, I do have a message for the bogey kicks, though. What is your message, Pete? My message to the bogey kicks is, if you thought the trash talk against the Duye's boys was a tough time, I promise you the ozone boys won't be any easier on you because they're just as witty. They're young. And, uh, you know, they are children. They don't have any, so, uh, you know, they know how to make some good jokes and uh, it should be a good time.
0: Yeah. You know, you can, um, you can leave everything on the table and know that, uh, you're going to be able to walk out of the gym, a free man, but, I think you made a good point there. They're very witty. I think their play style is very similar to to a young lob. I think their trash talk style is very similar to a young Duvier's boys, a young Shane Patrick and Brian Yars. Would you? Yes. But I I was saying before, then we got into that little speech there. I'm going to set it at 10 and a half because we've gotten into a habit of fading bogey by 25 points the last two weeks and it has not worked out two weeks in a row. So I think, why don't we play it a little safe and let the Ozone boys do their thing? Because the last time we set a spread really lightly against the Ozone boys and a bad team, they won by 60. So let's keep that juju going. Let's, let's do a little bit more of that.
1: We're rooting for you, Ozone.
0: Mm. All right, the other 7 p.m. game, we've got two and five only the fam and the five and two Warriors. And this is another one where... I don't Jock. know how much there go is to be jog. said. I don't know how much there is to be said about pregame analysis here. I guess the big thing is, do you think Gian goes for a third straight week of 50 points?
1: Yes. And that's saying a lot. I think he goes for, I think he says, see if I can get 60 tonight when he walks into the gym.
0: I think the, um, I think the record is 62. You think he wants to go for the record?
1: Well, I heard that there's someone else going for the record week eight, but,
0: yeah, there is, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We know there's a few records that are trying to be broken, but, um, I mean, the way I see it, I was saying before, only the fam has given up the most points each week five of the seven weeks of this regular season. So, if I'm looking at it, I think there's going to be enough possessions in this game that Gion could realistically, if, if he plays to the level he's played the last two weeks, he could realistically get 60 points or more. I think he can. I think he's uh, good enough to do that. Um, so then this is a game this is a game that I don't feel bad about setting the high spread because it's only the fam I'm going to set it at 19 and a half I like it okay that's fair
1: Gian goes for 60 book
0: it Mm. bet the house then we got we got two 8pm games I'm going to save one of them to the end because it's my pick for game of the week for obvious reasons Uh Actually, this one could be Joey's pick of the week. Eight PM, yeah. four and two versus five and two. A couple of weeks ago we had the Duye's boys versus the Ozone boys, and we affectionately called it the Boy Bowl.
1: Oh, I know you're At going with that. 8
0: this PM one. during week eight, you've got the City Bowl. You've the city, city showdown. against the City Bob Showdown. City. The city's gonna break your heart. So hey. Pete, I wanna know which city are you favoring and which city has the keys to the kingdom. <sighs>
1: How do you bet against a team that's won every championship in the league except for one? They're the superior. I think right now Lob City is the superior city. Rumbling is that Devin Devon Pino won't be there for Sin City. Um, you know, I guess Sin City just wasn't made for him. But, uh, no, he won't be there. He's probably on vacation or something or hanging out with his twin brothers, Marcus and Markeith. Um, You know, I think uh, I'm going to take Lob City here by eight and a half.
0: I think that's pretty good, but I think without Devin Devon Pina, I think it might be a little bit bigger than that.
1: Ah, uh, you're right, but they are, so hey, I'm going to, I'm, we're gonna put I'm in... also predicting no Jose and no Vic.
0: Yeah. But even still without Jose and Vic, I think it's maybe, I think it's a double digit win. I think it's 11 and a half.
1: I'll take, actually, you
0: know what? You know what? We'll go, we'll go nine and a half, nine and a half. Cause Taj, Taj has been a good second option. I think a guy like Javon Morris, if he steps up and takes more shots, could be a good uh, good other option. You milkman.
1: You got the milkman.
0: The milkman always delivers. Justin Titsworth. Rumor, the rumor has man. it. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that, that is good. That he is always
1: delivers.
0: Good. So we said, what, nine and a half? Yeah, nine and a half. Okay, nine and a half uh, for the, the city of Lob in the City Bowl. At 9 p.m. we have the 18ers and the halfway crooks.
1: You know, you got to take halfway here. I think you have to. Um, If uh, if all goes chalk, I mean, it should be halfway. I don't really see much of a competition in this game, but you never know. Lincoln 18ers could shock the world, and I think halfway would be super pissed if they lose this game uh, because that would mean a lot for their standings. Um, I'm still going to take halfway here by, I want to say like eight and a half, nine and a half points this week. Um, I just think Spence and Jared and Jeff Mitchell are a little too
0: much for them to handle. Yeah, I think, as you just said, I think the best players on halfway, the Jared's, the Spence's, the Jeff's might be a little bit too much for the 18ers to stop the thing with the 18-ers is that i would love to see what the what this game looks like if they come out and play like they did in that second game against ozone but maybe like if you could play like that but have some more of your guys like get brendan reddington there for the game because he wasn't there and he's i think he's averaging like 13 for them i would love to see what it looks like if it's full strength 18-ers and they're playing like they did in both games this past week, with the exception of that fourth quarter against the Warriors.
1: Right. No, I think they have some firepower. Like I said, I just think it's going to be too much to handle with the Jays and Spence. Um, The Jays, that includes Joey now. He dropped almost a triple-double, so he's in the Jays. He's in the trio of Jays. We're we're
0: not going to let him forget that. Wasn't he player of the week one week uh, a few years ago? Joey might have been. I think there was another game like that where they – threw him in he started because they didn't have a lot of guys show up and he put up like a triple double or something or hit like eight threes or something he was player of the week
1: yeah i think he might have swung the votes a little bit in his direction but it's okay he deserves it yeah
0: that was that was back when you could have unlimited votes for player of the week so that was like if i that's like if i
1: started in week eight against the werewolves and dropped uh 45 points you'd be like oh okay
0: See, it's funny that you mentioned uh, starting against the werewolves and dropping 45 points, because this is a good segue into our pick for game of the week. Storied matchup. You want to talk about halfway in the werewolves? Let's talk about the Twitter battle that ensued in, what was it, December of 2019? 2018, really? December of 2018, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Duye's boys make a Twitter account. And they get their first schedule for the Legacy Leagues. And they see, oh, we're playing these schmucks, the werewolves, week one. Let's just start a Twitter battle with them. And we lose by 20 that first week. We've come a long way since then. It's a storied, storied battle. We look forward to it every year. The 8 p.m. time slot, it's the Douye boys and the werewolves. And it's a special one, Pete. Do you want to tell them why it's a special one?
1: It's a special one because we... In place of Anthony Verducci being on vacation, we were granted permission by Commissioner of the League, Mr. Joey Zocco himself, to have a special guest play for us, return, come out of retirement for one night only, selling tickets to the event, $40 a pop, it's going to be on pay-per-view, $60 a pop, wherever you get your pay-per-views, Mr. Daniel Joseph Ruggiero himself, is making a return. I gotta, to I
0: gotta ask you, why is it, why is it cheaper to go to the game than it is to buy the pay per view?
1: Because you gotta go to
0: Johnson. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. But yes, very excited. I didn't get even get to play the full season last year. Some say that I was the missing piece to that finals run last year, and the reason we lost to Lab City was because I was not there. I was only able to play four games last year, and then I moved to, uh, you know, start my. Uh, my medical career as a so, doctor, of, to, a doctor of the toe. Exactly. Doctor of the foot. But I'm coming back for a week before school starts next week. And I am more than excited to be back. And because the one seat is locked up, you and I are starting. Yeah. So I
1: know that the, I'm going to take a second to say yeah. this. Oh, this is yeah. my no, time. Take, for take my your time. time. Take your time. The interns. This is my message to you. If you ever pick against the Duye's boys again, I'm going to tell you that it's a bad idea. And here's why. Danny and I were talking last time the Duye's boys have lost a game besides the championship against Lob City last year without Vinny and Johnny after having an undefeated season. The last time the Duye's boys have lost a game was the summer of 2019 against the Ozone boys. We're running on three years here that the Duye's boys have one loss in three years. So, For you to sit there and tell us that we can't guard Brian Heston. I love Brian Heston. I play with Brian Heston when the legacy leagues isn't going. I invite him and we all hoop together. He's a great dude. Love Brian played against Brian four times. If there's anybody in the league that knows how to play against Brian, it's us and Lob. So, you know, I don't quite understand picking the werewolves. Little did you know that it's probably a good pick this week. Cause as I said, Danny's returning, he's probably playing 40 minutes. Unless his his leg falls off, and in that case, he's a doctor, he can help himself. But you know, I mean, with the one seed locked up, I wouldn't look too much into this game. But come playoff time, if we got to play the Werewolves, I don't pick against the Dugate's boys ever again.
0: That's my to the the to the interns point, and I mean, I'm not going to fault them. There are always some things. I mean, no, no, because here's the thing: there's even sometimes that we have to get on Joey for his Legacy League's history, right? there hang on i gotta silence my phone it's blowing up for some reason
1: you're popular it's all the legacy leagues guys telling you they can't wait to have you back next week
0: yeah um we have to get on joey sometimes for his league history if you're not as well versed with it it might be tough for you to to make the rational thought and make the connection here let's let's bring it back we've played them four times we lost the first two we won the next two we're 2-2 two and two all-time. This is another rubber match, just like Boy Bowl 3. But I'm going to share my screen and take it right back for you. This I love when week you pull one. up the stats.
1: Love when you pull yeah. up
0: the stats. This is week one last year. And might I remind you, this is the year that Brian Heston won the MVP award. And what is that? What is that? 86. To, 86, to, 86 to 60? And he did. He, he put up 30, almost 30. And they said, we haven't seen Brian Heston. We've seen Brian Heston in his MVP form. <laughs> and what and, is this and, down here? And, Dan and, Ruggiero, two for three from three.
1: And, and if you remember, Danny audibly screamed at, in Gino's face after he hit those two threes back-to-back. Back-to-back. Almost what the we third one, too. What we didn't talk about on that stat sheet is, you know, Dave Campbell being – a perennial all-star in the legacy leagues had eight points that game. So doesn't matter who comes across the court. Look, if we can stop Jose, we can stop anybody. And Brian's just as good. If not better. And I love Brian. I love the guys in the werewolves. We've done a lot of shit talking back and forth, but we really respect each other at this point. We always hang out when we're there at Johnson rec center. There's never any, there's not really any bad blood. They know it's just all in fun, but I will say, As somebody who gets to watch these guys play every week and the boys and my own team, I don't know if I'm betting against us after only having one loss in the last three seasons. Now, this week, maybe I'm betting against... I think we might bet against the Duye's boys this week.
0: However, Yeah, we might bet against the Duye's boys this week.
1: (laughs) If you're a betting man, I'd probably bet against the Duye's boys this week too. However, they deserve their respect. They're a good team. If we play them in the playoffs, you know... The hero of the playoffs for the Dooyers boys against the Werewolves in the year we won the championship was none other than Shane Patrick. To be quite honest with you, he gets a lot yeah, of that. shit. He gets a lot of shit. He hit five threes. So you know, it's it's always who's going to take that extra step in the playoffs, and that was when the Werewolves had Brian Yars, actually. Um, so you know, now we have him on the dark side, and. Uh, all is all is equal and balanced in the world. You know, it's, it's going to be a fun game. It's probably going to be more of a fun game than an interesting game for the guys watching it or the guys playing in it. But, um, you know, we'll look forward more so to that matchup come playoff time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, um, the only intel we can give you like really solid is the Douye's boys because we're we're out on the front lines for the Douye's boys. And while I don't want to tell you that we're going to lose this game and I'm not going to give you the insider trading on the spreads. What I will say is you might want to bet the over on Dan Ruggiero points and PJ Thomas points. I think, I think this is, you and I are going to combine for what are we going to combine for? We have to set a line for that. Uh, I think
1: I'm averaging less than a point on a game this season. So if you and I combine for more than 15, I'll be shocked.
0: Let's see it. I think we can do it. Mm. All right. That's week eight. And what I want to do now, the post-game show had started to talk about this a little bit, some of that playoff seeding. If it all goes based on the way we favored things and predicted it, you would have the Warriors, Werewolves, and Lob at six and two. Lob has the win over both of those teams. So they would take the two seed. But as far as three and four goes, I want to talk about this because I just realized this today, and this is a message for Joey, and I'm going to text him about this, make sure he knows. What we've done in the past to break these tiebreakers is use RPI, which if you don't know, uh, RPI takes into consideration your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. This is why Danny's a doctor. Yeah. So you factor that all into play. And you weight everything accordingly. But here's the thing. If you are a team in a 10-team league, there are nine other teams in that league. If there's eight weeks in the regular season, there's only one team you don't play. For the Warriors and the Werewolves, that one team is both of them. I feel like Brian Windhorse now. I'm doing that. And why is that? (laughs) The only team that they haven't played is each other. So theoretically, if they finish with the same win-loss record, they've all played the same seven other teams or eight other teams. They're going to have the same RPI. So we got to figure out a a new, a different kind of uh, metric to break the tie between them if they both finish at six and two. But I think if you go point differential, which would be points for minus points against, I feel bad for the Warriors because they had this great run after starting zero and two, but those first two games, the points they let up those two weeks, that screwed them. Come playoff time, and if it comes down to that, they're going to be the four seed, and the Werewolves get the three.
1: Yeah, which is a tough look. But how else are you going to do it besides RPI? Because RPI is useless in this format. Which is the first time I think we've seen RPI being useless in the legacy leagues. Because that's usually I think how it, it runs.
0: definitely it definitely came into play. It was a lot better of a system um when was it summer 19 there were 14 when you, when you teams play, in when the league I everybody yeah well no there were 14 teams in the league so it came into play where there were nine weeks of the regular season but there were 14 teams not everybody all played the same opponents so it, it right. worked a lot better then but it's it has its flaws and it's definitely rearing its ugly head right now it's like of all the scenarios where you don't want these two teams to have to be tied at the end of it. Like they are, but you know, what are you going to do?
1: No, the Joey will, Joey will ask Danny a way to figure it out. I think unfortunately point differential is probably what makes the most sense to do.
0: Um, Point differential, uh, offensive, defensive rating. I'm crunching the numbers right now. And when we finish this podcast, I'm honestly going to go right back to crunching the numbers.
1: But, but I think in reality, no matter how you crunch the numbers, it shakes out that the werewolves would take that three seed. Um,
0: I think so. It's starting to to look like that might be the case.
1: Which is unfortunate because I think that only I, – I, wa- I wonder what it would be if you have the time, Danny, to do the numbers and eliminate the first two games of the season for the Warriors.
0: Because they oh, were just like terrible. Oh, what, what their rating would be? Correct. What their RPI would be or what their defensive rating would be?
1: Well, what their defensive rating would be because RPI, that,
0: that's – I actually um, – I can't remember the exact number, but it's so funny because whenever I do the math, figuring out like the score predictions, figuring out the ratings, it's funny when I go through and I have their original points allowed, which gives me their like actual defensive rating. And then I change it and I average it based on the last uh, five games instead of the all seven. And it changes. The score predictions change drastically. Like there's some games where it goes from predicting them as like winning by five to winning by like 15, just because you change that. And they're technically better defensively than those first two games come to show them as.
1: Right. And I think another interesting thing that we talked about specifically with those numbers is, how we've talked about kind of with only the fam to allude to this, that defense wins championships, right? The two teams with the top defensive, uh, is it defensive efficiency or or point differential that, no, I think it was defensive efficiency rating um, Are us and the werewolves, us and the werewolves. Exactly. So that's interesting to take into consideration here.
0: And these are, I mean, these are all numbers that, These aren't official stats taken by the league. I do the numbers myself because, you know, I'm a purist. I'm a fan. Uh, If you want the numbers, I can give you them. That's – we can work that out. I can send you screenshots. I love it. But the other storyline that comes into this, because I was just talking about that tiebreaker of the six and two teams, is the tiebreaker of what we are predicting to be the four and four teams. Because you've got – Three teams that are vying for that five, six, seven spot, and one of them is going to have to play two games on that first night of the playoffs. And I say two games confidently because whoever gets that seven seed has to play the bogey kicks. And I know that regardless of of who gets that seven spot, whether it be halfway crooks, Sin City, or the Ozone Boys, if they all finish four and four, whoever gets that seven spot, they're beating the bogey kicks. Right, I agree with you there. But the thing that I think makes it really interesting is if Devin Devon Pina doesn't show up, I think that that Lob City game against the City Bowl, for lack of a better term, if Devin Devon Pina doesn't show up, Sin City might effectively be playing themselves into the seven seed.
1: Which would be a matchup against Lob City again.
0: Yeah, exactly. They would have to play the bogey kicks, and they, then they would immediately, an hour later, come and play Lob City, which is, which is a tough thing to do.
1: Yeah, but I mean, who knows what could happen if they do have Devin Devon Pina for the playoffs? That could be a whole different game. So you never really know what could happen. The playoffs are a different game; it's one and done. So any team can beat anyone on any given night. Hell, the bogey kicks could win the championship. Um, but I think the day that that, that happens would be the the day
0: very th- interesting if they did is the
1: day that hell freezes over. So regardless, my point still stands. Anything can happen, um, you know, and without Devin Devon Pina, I think they, they struggle to win this game and put themselves in a weird spot in the seven seed, but I think they're better than a seven seed. And if they are in the seven seed, they're on the other side of the bracket from us. So good luck to them.
0: The other thing I'd love to see, if it does work out that way and it does end up with the Warriors getting the four seed on tiebreakers, that would mean that if they win their first round match, their quarterfinal matchup, and Douillet's boys do, we get a rematch of Douillet's boys Warriors in the quarterfinals. And that's a matchup that I would really love to see again because I feel like they were still a little rusty coming into it. And it's a very different Warriors team in week eight than it was in week two. For sure. And
1: no Kevin Figueroa um as we've said so that changes the looks up a little bit um i think like i said whoever we play it's going to be a good game we like gian so no no uh bad blood there um we we recognize the talent that the kid is so um you know maybe one day he'll be wearing red but we'll have to dream about that day further down the road uh but, uh, you know, I, I mean, you he, know, he's an absolute stud. And if it gets to that point where we're playing them in the quarterfinals, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, you know, him, Charles and and Hachi, it's a pretty good big three right there. So, um, you know, I think uh, they can compete with anybody. We, we definitely won't overlook them. You can't when you have arguably who my vote is for the MVP and Gian. Um, you, you can never overlook a team with the MVP on the team. So, um, you know, we'll Speaking see of how voting.
0: Speaking of voting, I think it's a good time. The good thing that we close talking about this. Joey has graciously, as host of the podcast, allowed us to vote for the all-star and end-of-season awards. We are voting on the teams that we will be drafting for the all-star game. We are voting for these end-of-season awards. The only caveat, which I tell you, PJ, we're going to have to go and do some hard campaigning. We're going to have to get on the trail with these interns when I'm in the Johnston Rec Center next week. The only caveat from Joey is that we cannot vote for any Duyé's boys because we're biased. Apparently, which, which, which. When you what when do you, you what do you think it, I'm gonna do? I'm gonna vote for me to go into the All Star game. No, no, I'm gonna I mean, vote which for when, the ones that deserve it. Which when I'm you an shake unbiased. It down,
1: which when you shake it down, it's tough to fill out no. that All Star ballot without any duye's boys on it.
0: Yeah, I Joey. I mean, it's it's a good idea in theory, but. I'm putting some names. I, like, I I almost put you down for the all-star game. No disrespect to you, but.
1: Yeah, that bottom half of our all-star selection list is really difficult without the D.A.'s boys. I mean, look, I, you're, you're missing realistically, and I don't think this is biased in the slightest. That's four people that should be all-stars from the D.A.'s boys. And I, I would say that without argument. They should be. I would say two at a very minimum if you're being greedy. But in my opinion, four, right? I will say Danny and I both did vote for Zach Cartaglia and Vinny Volpe respectively to the dunk contest and three-point contest because that's not really an award. And we just want to see Zach dunk because we know he's a freak athlete. So, Joey, you can live with that one. Um, But I mean, I think Johnny Kutu should be a lock for the all-star game. Vinny should be a lock. And in my opinion, I think Zach and Brian are all-stars this year as well. The thing that sucked was not being able – the only Dujay's boys I would have given a season award to would have been Brian Yars. I would have given him fifth man of the year. If you I would have at, as well. If you look at the numbers, it's really not even close. He hasn't started a single game all year, and he's averaging what, – what would we say it was like uh, 13 points or something like that?
0: Yeah, tw- uh, I mean, I think it's 13.
1: 13 but Yeah, points. the next
0: closest guy is Mike Wilbur. There's not a lot of guys that meet that fifth man criteria,
1: you know, and nothing to take away from Mike Wilbur, but Brian Yaris is arguably in what the interns and what we believe is the best lineup in the league, the death lineup of the do boys. So for, you know, a guy off the bench to be considered in that, I think it's pretty obvious that he should be fifth man of the year, but Hey, if he doesn't win it, Credit to whoever does because they must have uh, did some heavy campaigning for the interns. That would have been our only Duye's Boys vote for season award, I think. Um, I think Gian's earned himself the MVP. I think, you know, certain guys, we're not going to have a most improved guy. We have, you know, we have arguably have four MVPs on the team, um, you know, from the past or whatever it may be. We always joke and say that. But, you know, that's the, just quite the reality. Vinny already won most improved. He's not going to get much better. Can't. He's already should lock an all-star. You know, no one's going to win rookie of the year. I mean, Kyle Wolf is a great basketball player, but when you have a guy like Jaron Thomas, who's the best player on his team as a rookie, he's probably walking away with that. Um, You know, offensive player of the year, we don't have any guys that are dropping 35 by themselves on a team like Devin Devon Pina, you know, or, or Gian. There's only, there's only two
0: guys this year in the league that are averaging over 30 points a game and it's Gian and Devin Devon Pina. Yeah, so one of them's got to be offensive player of the year, I think. And as we've said a
1: thousand times, defensive player of the year isn't even a question. It's almost in the same breath
0: as fifth man of the year for me um, with Brian Heston. You might as well name it after him at this point, because there's only been one. I think there's only been one year that he hasn't won it. Right.
1: And that was
0: um, who won that? Vic won it like four years ago, something like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look we would have been pretty unbiased. I think maybe you could consider the all-star selection being biased with having four duyers boys, but season awards. I don't know if voting for Brian Yars for fifth man of the year is biased, but we'll let the interns do their thing. We put our, we have our votes. They're locked in. We're not changing them. It, uh, you know, it is what it is at this point, but I would hope that the interns would take a good look at, The things that we've looked at to make our votes, I think we're pretty spot
0: on. Pete, I want to know, before we wrap it up, if there was no biases, if we look at all-star ballot, if we look at all league first, second, all defensive teams, if we look at any of that, if there was no caveat to your voting, Who is somebody that you would include that you don't think other people would? And who is someone that you would exclude that you think everybody else would include? Because I'll I'll tell you mine after you say yours. from
1: From any aspect of the voting, you're saying?
0: Yeah, somebody that you would throw a vote at that you know, nobody else would, or somebody that you would not vote for or like something that,
1: yeah, let's, let's do our, who would you throw a vote at that you don't think people are going to throw votes at first and then we'll do the Mm -hmm. other one. So mine was actually my most improved player. Um, I gave the vote and I don't even care if people get mad that we're telling our votes. I know we're probably supposed to keep it quiet, but I don't care. I'm going to say we do the podcast. We can, we make our own rules here. Um, My pick for that was Jared Ganser. Um, Dude's not a stud. And in past years, he's been essentially irrelevant to the werewolf. not irrelevant in the sense that like, he doesn't matter. But like, in terms of like being a guy that you look for on the stat sheet, you don't watching him play. I mean, he's throwing behind the head passes. And I even said to Gino last week, when did Jared Ganser become like a facilitator like this? And he goes, I really don't know, you know, like, so he most improved. I threw a vote at him because I think he deserves at least a few votes, whether he wins it or not. This is the most improved is a tough one for the interns to vote on because they don't know. They don't really know that. So that's why it's I only it, it's
0: the tail of uh it's the tail of the stat sheet. It's really, the tail of the stat sheet. It and, and it's someone it. who's you know, like there's not in the as much before. eye test involved with it.
1: Right. So, you know, you're gonna see, oh well, Brian Yars um was an MVP and now he's not scoring as much. He got he's in a different role, you know, like so they they don't know those certain things. Um and it's not their fault. They just haven't. We, we've we seen it. We've lived it. So I think Jared Ganser deserves a little bit of a nod or some, some form of appreciation for being most improved player. He got my vote. Jared, if you're listening, I'll see you next week. I'll tell you to your face. You got my vote. Good job. How about you, Danny?
0: Somebody that I would include that I don't think others will. I think I think some people here and there might, but I think they also have a larger pool to select from, which kind of will change things up. I voted for Taj Eddington for all second team. Taj Eddington, the little guy. Little guy from Sin City. I think he's very good, puts up a lot of points, gets some rebounds for a smaller guy. I mean, I've we've watched him play. He's, he's very good at what he does. And, I mean, he kind of gets overshadowed by Devin Devon Pina, but he's a very good player.
1: I agree. I like Taj. Yeah. I think he's very good respectable kid he's uh it's a big body for being a little guy he's a friggin bull. really he's he's a dog so i I like him he's a good player um i agree with that um i want to hear yours first though for someone that you would exclude that you believe that others will include
0: you're doing it to me if i could include the Dewey's boys in the all-star voting and i mean this in no no disrespectful way i'm hoping that When I meet you next week, I hope I get to meet you next week. And I hope it's all love. I know exactly who
1: you're going to say, because that's mine as well. (laughs) I think I would leave Spence
0: Freeman off the ballot. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'd give him a dunk contest nod. I did. I I don't, I can't remember if I did. I would give him a dunk contest nod. If we had, you know what I wish we had? I wish we had an all rookie team. Oh, he'd be on the all rookie team. That'd be a. He would idea. absolutely be on the all rookie team. You know what? I might do that and just give it to Joey and be like, "Do what you want with this."
1: If we had an all rookie team, he'd definitely be on it. I oh, just yeah, don't absolutely. know if he's the caliber of. He, I, he's not on my all first, all second team, um, for sure. And that's not a knock on him. I just don't think he's a top eight player in the league. I think that's very. I don't think he's the best player on his team. Um, mm. I mean, I have Jeff Winchell in my all all second team, so.
0: You know, I think I when, I if an all-star game for the all-star game, what it comes down to is if I'm going to pick two guys from your team, I'm picking Jared and Jeff, I'm picking the Jays as you call them.
1: Yeah, no. And for sure. And I mean, look, we left four names up to chance essentially on, uh, on our all-star ballots because we couldn't put Johnny, Vinny, Zach and Brian, who I think should be locks interns. to do what you want, but I'll be, I'd be pretty shocked if they don't make it. Um, I mean,
0: we're going to put do what you want in air quotes because PJ and I will be there next Tuesday to have you do what we want.
1: Correct. Well, we will yeah. force your hand. Um, but, you know, I, I, I mean, again, it's just it's nothing. It's nothing against him. I actually had a great conversation with Spence um, about how he's in the Coast Guard. Um, I talked about how I swam a little bit in, in high school and we just had a really. Yeah, it's conference. like the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, well, you know, it's, we just had a very nice conversation. He's a good kid. I, I really like Spence. I just, like I said, I wouldn't put him on that. I, I probably wouldn't have included him on that all-star ballot. Um, if we could put the four D.J.'s boys, he's on there for me now. Um, but you just have to look across the league. You know, Gian's a lock. Devin Devon is a lock. Um, you know, Jose's not included on it. He doesn't qualify um Vic, same thing so yeah
0: some good guys don't qualify jose Vic, sam clifford and to be honest I wonder with how you how how everything it changes up if they do
1: right and you know maybe maybe a guy like brian Yars or zach tartaglia gets a lot get gets left off of the all-star voting if that's the case i don't think that's the case with them not being eligible um but you know i i mean that i i probably agree with you there that was going to be exactly what i said so
0: mm. all right well i think that's just going to about do it we got one more week before we can really fully start previewing the playoffs. And that's kind of all we get to do. But, um, you know, Pete, I'm excited. I get to come back. I'm going to be there coming this weekend. I get, uh, bright eyed, bushy tailed. -tailed. Um, I'm going to wear my headband. I'm going to have my knee brace back on. It's going to be, it's It's going to be a good time. Yeah. We're going to be gooned out to the max. So, That's going to do it for this week. Um, Make sure to show up. Make sure to watch the Snapchat. You know, make sure to say hi to us if you see us in public. Uh, And, you know, that's all, folks.